All right. All right, all right. Just put our hands over our hearts and say, Jesus, I'm ready to receive your word and to put it into action. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, can anybody tell me what, we, what I've been talking to you about the last few weeks? Somebody. Said mindset. Okay, good. What about mindset? What's that? Okay, to be at peace. What else? Renewing. Renewing our mindset. What else? Love God with all our hearts. And love him with all our what else? Mind. That's right. The word says that we get to love God with all of our, he commands us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a lot of times we kind of skip over the mind. And that was a message Lisa brought back a, a number of weeks ago about loving God with our mind. And you know, it's a command. He said, this is the greatest command of all, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we understand loving God with our heart, with our actions, and our soul and everything, but what about our mind? You know, because a lot of times we hear, or I've heard, especially in a, com- a campus community, you hear that, that Christianity is a blind faith. You know, you kind of just check your brains out at the door. You don't worry about your mind. You just, just love God because it's all by faith. And that's not what the scriptures say. And it is about faith, but we're to love him with all of our mind, right? And so when I've been sharing some truths about loving God with our mind, and can anybody think of or remember a truth that we've discussed? Or I've talked to you about it. There was no discussion. So, Anybody think of a truth? Just one? Yes, Shannon. That you can focus your thoughts. That we can't. We are not good. We, uh, we have weapons, the Bible says. We have weapons that are not of the flesh, but they're mighty through God to pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So we're not helpless. We're not victims. We don't have to be. Now, we can be victims of our thoughts, but we don't have to be. Because as Shannon mentioned, we can take those thoughts and make them obey, make them submit to what God says. Amen? That's what the Word says. Um, second, New Testament somewhere. Now, Second Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. Make sure that's right. Yes, yeah, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. <clears throat> what else? Another truth that, that uh, I've shared. Say that again. Invite the Father into the process. Okay, when we're talking about how we change our thoughts, what do we do with that? Part, one part is invite God into the process. That's good. What's another truth <clears throat> about loving God with our minds? Anybody else? Agree with what he says about what? Agree with what God says about you. Okay. One more. You might think of another truth. Powerful truth. First of all, we, we're commanded to love God with our minds. We can take our thoughts captive. Anything else? 
How about we are transformed when we change the way we think? You guys remember that one? And it says in Romans 12, 2, so the truth that I shared is I will be transformed if I change the way I think. The Bible says as a man thinks and as a woman thinks, so is he or she. As we think, so are we. And it says, don't copy, excuse me, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So do not be conformed, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Now, who's supposed to renew their mind? Who's that verse talking to? Are we waiting for God to renew our mind? It says we're to renew our mind. We are given the, the charge of changing the way we think. We have a responsibility, and then God will change us. Our lives are changed as we change the way we think. Because as a man thinks, so is he. What's another truth? Excuse me? Say it again. He's showing us how to catch our thoughts, to bring them into captivity, right? That's good. Another truth is what I meditate on has a tremendous impact on me, Right? What I meditate on is extremely important. What I meditate on has a major impact on my emotions, my actions, and my well-being. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true and noble and just and pure and lovely and of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. Or in another translation, it says, set your mind on these things. So whatever is good of praise and those things, meditate on these things. Why is that? Because your mind, as a man thinks, so is he. So if your thoughts are very toxic, very negative, very destructive, very, for example, self-hatred, I'm a loser. I'm nobody. I can't do this. I will never amount to this. or I'll never do that. If those are your thoughts, then guess what you're going to be? As a man thinks, so is he. And see, many of us have those thoughts. We were brought up and we were encouraged with those thoughts. You know, someone might have told you, you're never going to amount to anything. Or you're going to be just like your so-and-so. You're going to be just like this. You're always going to be a loser. You're never going to amount to anything. And then, unfortunately, many of us have bought into that, to those lies. And they're becoming truth to us. But they contradict what God says. And so it's time to take those thoughts captive and say, I'm no longer going to partner with you. I'm no longer going to come into agreement with you. I'm going to begin to agree with what the Father says about me. When those thoughts say you can't do anything right, well, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do math. Hello? I can do math well. You know, I tell my kids, all six of them, when they've encountered math in school, and then they get to that place where it's called algebra. 
and, or whatever it is, and they're like, I can't. You know, they start one. I said, you know what? You can do math well because you're an Ellis. You're an Ellis. So guess what? You're good at math. Because my dad was good at math. My dad's son, his favorite son, is good at math. And my, my kids are good at math. Because. And so... Our daddy has said some things about you and me. Now, are you going to choose to agree with those and line up with those? Are you going to continue to agree with the junk that's been put in there? What you meditate on is extremely important. And the Bible says, whatever things are true, according to God, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just and pure and lovely and of good report, and are virtuous and are praiseworthy. Meditate on these things. Is that what the word says or not? Does it say it or not? So let me ask you this. Where does it give room? Where does the word say that it's okay to feel sorry for ourselves and to dwell on the negative things that have happened to us? To meditate on those things. Where does it say that it's okay to do that? Or we're encouraged by the word to do those things? We're not. We're not. And sometimes we're encouraged and we think it's okay or we should. And we just do meditate on a lot of negative stuff and it's killing us. It's killing us. And we are not reaching our potential or we won't until we choose to line up with him. Until we choose to agree with the thoughts and the things that...
You guys have a wonderful week. I'll see you next time. God bless you.